Thank you so much for tuning in to Gather and Heal, the podcast. All right, y'all. Let's get this party started again. (laughs) I really, I gotta like, I gotta find some music, right? Like there's music that comes in at the beginning of the episode. I love it. And I feel like I need another intro music. You know, like those nighttime talk shows, they walk out to some music. (laughs) That's what I need in my life. (laughs) Not that anybody else wants to see it. (laughs) It's just for me. Oh my. (laughs) Oh goodness. All right. So welcome back, Valerie. Appreciate you coming through again for another episode. But you know, and everybody else already knows that since you are my sister, you will be on multiples. We got lots to talk about, many things. In uh, our first episode, Valerie does a great intro, talks a little bit about herself and her journey to where she's at now. And so if you're interested in more about that, we talk culture, fitness, and business. Um, of course, sprinkled in with some family business and not, not like gossip, not that, like literally family business. Yeah, growing up between two cultures, right? So as always, the premise of Gathering Heal, the podcast, my goal is really to bring on a diverse amount of people with different experiences, how they show up in the world, so on and so forth. Because I know that in the instances that we feel like we might be the only person experiencing something, that might not be true. And so the more that we have these conversations, the more that we talk about the things that are taboo or that you're not supposed to talk about, whatever all that BS is, we're going to throw it out the window and we're going to talk about it on air because I want you as listeners to be able to say, oh shit, like she really gets it or they really get it. And now I don't feel like I'm isolated in my particular experiences. So without further ado, today's episode, we're going to chop it up with Valerie a little bit and we're going to dig in a little bit more to what it has been like for her growing up in a Dominican culture slash American culture along with being the eldest and now transitioning and pivoting into being a mom. So the reason why I'm going to kind of like give a little background why I think these three things go really well together is because being the eldest in particular cultures and in particular families means different things, right? And I still haven't seen it. Y'all don't come from my head, but, you know, I've been hearing a lot about Encanto and how, um, you know, the eldest apparently like has this song, my client, she put me on client has this song and she was like, yo, Vanessa, I really resonate with this song of like, being the strong one and kind of like parenting and taking care of the family and the younger siblings. Um, And so there definitely is something with being the eldest versus being the middle or the youngest or an only child. And so that impacts how we grow up and how we see ourselves. And then it also impacts how we parent. And so that's really why I was like, oh, yes, these three topics in and of themselves could have their own own episode. But like I want to streamline them together Mm -hmm. because instead of separating things so much, I want us to put them all together to see how they flow and see how they all, you know, I experienced this as a young person. And now I can see exactly how it shows up as a parent for myself or I could see exactly how I pivoted 
and I'm doing it differently. Um, right. So right. I'm going to pause there. Just give us a snippet of like what it's been like for you growing up being the eldest, maybe share number of siblings and so on. Right. And then so that way people have the updated picture. Tell us about your current family and how many little people you have. So I love that you brought up Encanto because in this household, we're obsessed and <laughs> we have their album, that album on repeat and your client is absolutely right. Like that mm. eldest daughter talks about how much pressure she feels like she's constantly under and how she feels like she has the world on her shoulders and she has to carry around everyone's burden. Mm. Like if she doesn't perform, if she doesn't um, do that task, if she doesn't follow through, she feels like she's letting her family down. Right. Mm. And oh how my old God. is she? Is she like young in the movie? No, they must be because the middle one is going to be, um, Betrothed, betrothed to a guy. Uh, so he must be like 18, 20 as okay. the oldest. And then the middle child must be 18 and then the youngest 16. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, yeah, basically she talks about how if she doesn't have her encanto, her miracle, she feels like she's useless, worthless, right? Mm. She's the oldest and she, everyone depends on her to get all these past them and to look after everybody. And I'm just, I'm just like, wow, this, like this movie hits so many amazing points in mm. the Latin American culture that I think anyone in any um, West Indian culture or Caribbean culture can oh, yeah. identify because one being the oldest and being a female. So I'm the oldest of three. I have uh, two brothers. They're, one is one year younger than me and the youngest is five years younger than me. Mm -hmm. And the family dynamic has always been like I was the most applied at school. I was getting A's and B's. I did college. I did my master's. Mm. Always, there was always these high expectations of me to the point where the expectations were so high that if I felt, I felt that when I didn't meet those expectations, I was failing. Mm. It was either that or nothing. It wasn't any in between. There wasn't any, some of it, 20%. Yeah. It had to be all. And if it was nothing, then I was a failure. Mm. It was nothing or anything in between. I was a failure, but it had to be all of it, right? Yeah. Those were kind of the expectations that were kind of that I had to live under. Mm -hmm. There were, um, you know, you had to be the good girl. You have to be the example for your brothers. You have to look after them. Um, you can't let them do this. You can't yeah. let them do that. Um just like even going to school, right? I'm the only one that graduated um, college and then did my master's pretty much in the average time that most people do, right? In their early 20s. Um, and they did it. They, one of them didn't graduate, um, never went to college. And the other 
um, is maybe just recently now in almost 30s, um, graduated in college. Mm -hmm. We were able to make that decision, but I always felt like there was a certain type of pressure on me to have to do those things. That's and different. Yeah. It's different. And like, if I didn't do them, then I just wasn't enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was difficult. It was like, you know, you, you feel like, oh, I accomplished this, but wait, that wasn't the expectation. So it doesn't even count. Yeah. How old were you when you, so you're reflecting now on like early twenties and really like piecing things together, but how old were you as far as you can remember when you first realized that, when you first realized you achieved this and you are successful and so on and so forth and anything less than that is considered a quote failure? Oh my God. It probably must've been like around the time that I graduated college, especially when I changed my careers from civil engineering to mm -hmm. business administration and I got so much, oh my God, I got so much shit for it. Um, it was literally like, oh, business administration isn't a career. You needed to stay in engineering. That's a real career. Mm -hmm. And that was really painful. And when my brothers could choose to not go to college at all or take their time, it Hello. was like, Okay, so this is completely unfair. And actually, when I graduated from my master's, I didn't even tell anyone. I didn't share that with anyone. I graduated. I have my diploma somewhere where my husband's still like, you need to put your diploma up and be proud of it. Like, ah, you know, it's awesome. Great. Good for me. Like, I didn't even tell people at work um, that I had a master's or maybe they... Um, yeah, I didn't tell them I had graduated from my master's because I felt like even if I did, it just felt like it was never celebrated as much as they were celebrated for their accomplishments. Yeah. So I was like, what's the point, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'll just toot my own horn right here yep. <laughs> and keep it moving. Um, so I feel like that kind of sounds sad now that I talk about it. <laughs> like... Girl, yes. It's like what's that what that's saying to me is, you know, that is still you have a part of you that is still feeling the sadness of not being able to celebrate this transition from civil engineering to business. And then ultimately that stuck with you or a part of you. And then when you got your MBA, which is also in business it makes a lot of sense as to why you don't feel like it can be celebrated or I'm not going to hang it up on the wall because for what? Right. Well, I'm going to tell you for what, because you did that damn thing and you are amazing for doing so. And for those of you who didn't hear the last episode with Valerie, she did that during a time where there were a number of other things going on. Right. So for me, I'm like, that is huge. Give me a copy. I hang that shit on my wall, but like, yeah, that's my best friend. <laughs> I know. And like, even recently, like now I'm like, oh my God, this is weird. It's crazy how like trauma or traumatic moments follow us. Because mm -hmm. even recently I, you know, I went to personal training school, I got pregnant. So I tried to take my personal training exam to get my certification the mm -hmm. following year. And I failed by a point. I was so disappointed. So that was uh -huh. the end of 2016. 
So last year I had, I was like, you know what? I'm super knowledgeable right now. I've been reading and I've still been practicing, um, working in the field. So I'm going to try again. So I studied for six months, passed my exam. I didn't tell anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I told, I told you and some of and the girls in the group chat and my husband, that's about it. Yes, right. y'all. You heard that correctly. In a group chat, mad nonchalant. If I could find it fast enough, I would. Mad nonchalant. And I was like, wait, what? And, you know, like I'm saying that. And then it's also clicking for me this piece around how much if things are not the gold standard of whoever defines gold standard, right. then it's nothing. Or then it's minimal or it's failure. Mm -hmm. And look at how that showed up. It showed up in your behavior of I'm not going to I'm not going to put it out there like it's not that big of a deal. Um, And for those listening, I did air quotes because it is a big deal. But like that's the different ways that it shows up for us. It shows up in that even now, years after graduating from undergrad, you are still holding on to it. You have a part that is still holding on to it. That's like, never mind. I'm not going to celebrate. But so let me ask you this then. Do you celebrate and make loud noise when any of your kids do something? Yeah. I like, I'm the cheesiest mom ever. <laughs> and we're going to go get balloons. My daughter graduated from like uh, pre-kinder and they did like a, uh, like a drive by a school with kids had banners and balloons. And I was like, Oh, we're taking you out to dinner. Yes. Like, mind you, you just going to kindergarten where I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> I'm going to celebrate this. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll celebrate, you know, everything for them, their birthdays and whatever they feel is important or mm-hmm. special to them. I'm going to celebrate it. I don't care if it's not important or special to me, as long as it's important, special to them, what it's celebrate. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't care. It's going to be celebrated. So you, you learn how to do a cartwheel. We are celebrating you today because it's important to her, right? She goes yeah. to gymnastics and she learned how to do a cartwheel. It's important to her. So I'm mm. going to celebrate it. So that's how I felt that I feel that I've changed that where mm. anything that's important to them or special to them, I want to celebrate it for them, right? Because I want them, I don't want them to feel that anything they do in the future isn't special enough to celebrate or to share or to be proud of themselves for accomplishing. Um, You know, Mm. there's this little side of me, which I think is what also has me fucked up. It doesn't let me like really 100% launch my business is that I'm like, maybe this isn't really a career. Because I'm not an engineer or a doctor or doing this, or I'm not in the corporate human resources field. Mm-hmm. So there is this little, little side of me that sometimes tells me that, that little voice that wants to like sabotage my entire plan. That's a part of you. That's not no. you. That's a part of you. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I'm still trying to like step aside and let me handle this shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. It's like a daily struggle with myself to move past that. Right. Right. And remind yourself how, A, that is a business. 
that is a, a real quote unquote career, right. right? And it makes you happy and you are passionate about it. And we talked before about how like that feels in your body and how it, you show up differently. Okay. So there's all of that. So what I would say to you, and this is something that other people can do too, is if you notice that there's a part of you that sometimes people will say is like, it's getting in the way or like, I could hear it, it's such a loud voice in my head, so on and so forth. Instead of trying to like foo-foo it and like just push it out the way, what do you think about connecting with that part? Connect right there. Connecting how? What are we gonna do together? <laughs> <laughs> messing up my vibe <laughs> well so in that part's defense that part of you is really thinking about how they're protecting you right yeah. they're right. protecting you from the stance of this is what we've been told this is what we've been taught and what you want to do right now mm -hmm. Valerie in 2022 version that's not a career mm -hmm. well the thing about our parts is that they're born out of particular times in our lives that are challenging or difficult or so on and so forth. And they usually stay that age. Mm. So what that part is missing and why it's important to connect with them is that that part doesn't understand that Valerie 2022 is out here like, I want to do this. This makes me happy. This will make our whole system happy, all of our parts. Um, so the way I like to do that, like the quick snippet version without, you know, having a whole therapy session um, is like, hey, part, I see where you're coming from. And I understand why you remind me that this isn't a real job or that this isn't a real business. I get where you're coming from. And let me just share with you a little bit about why I enjoy this career and why this business would be amazing, not just for me, but my whole system. And it will ripple out and be amazing for my family, my kids and generations to come. Right. And then just kind of, you know, see what that part says back to you and go from there. Mm -hmm. But instead, because think about it, anytime like you're taking your dog on a walk, well, maybe not your dog, Kevin's good. When I, when I take Nala for a walk on a leash, and I'm trying to say like, okay, let's go to the left. And I try to pull her. She's like pulling back, right? Mm -hmm. She starts to fight me. Right. And so that's what happens with our parts when we say, shh, let me do what I need to do. Go away. You're bothering me, blah, blah, blah. They're going to get louder and they're going to get mad because you're not listening to them. Right. So instead, they're like, I hear you and I see you and I know where you're coming from. I know that what you're saying to me is what other people in my life have said to me. Mm -hmm. And this is where I'm trying to go. Right. So, so yeah, when we bump up against some parts that we feel like we're, we're tussling with, or we're not getting along with, that's a way to just connect with our part. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'll have to try it because it's definitely, you know, I've tried to do things differently with my kids and mm -hmm. Um, I try not to create expectations for them based on what I think they should do or how they yeah. should live their future life mm -hmm. as adults, um, because it's hard living like that, feeling like you are given these expectations, so nothing you do is good enough. 
And Ooh. I think that's why in part I'm such like, I give so much of myself. I have to give 110% because if I, I feel if I give anything less than that, I'm, I'm a failure. I'm a bad friend. I'm a bad wife. I'm a bad, I don't know, employee, whatever it might be. Yeah. So it, so that, I think that's been one of the hardest things growing up. And I like, even now in a family business, like my, my brothers are living a good life, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like basically they, they don't have to work. You don't, you're in a business where you don't have to work 40 hours a week to get your Mm -hmm. right. But I'm working over 40 hours a week to make sure that it's running because I have that, right. I still, I feel like I still have those expectations mm-hmm. and when I don't meet them, then I'm failing. And mm-hmm. still now I feel like the people in my life throw little jabs and reminders of that because yeah. they're just wired that way. Well, um, and that's what they're used to. Right. So that piece of you that says, I still got to show up and do 110%. That's your internal process. And the external process is, well, now y'all have this dynamic mapped out. So when Valerie's not showing up at 110%, which is our expectation, because that's what she's always done. Right. AKA when you are setting a boundary and you're like, I, I can't do this anymore. Somebody else needs to take over. Right. The other people get mad. Yes. Right. And then that's when some people start to flex on their boundaries because, well, now, now my friend is so mad at me because I won't do this. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And I will tell my clients, do not do it. Right. You chose to set that boundary for a reason. So stick with it because they're used to how you have shown up for these past 20, 30 years. So it's going to take them some time to adjust to Valerie's going to, Valerie's going to come through at, 85% because that's what she got today. And that's what y'all going to get. Right. Right. It's hard. It's so hard. It's difficult. But I, you know, I've, I've heard people say like, Oh, my, my daughter or my son, they want to be, um, I don't know, a doctor, but if they're a doctor, they're going to, they have to own the hospital or they have to have their own Mm. practice. And then that brings me back to how I was raised. And I'm like, no, don't set those expectations on them. Because unless they achieve that, they're going to feel like they're not good enough. Right. And so that's one of the things I've been trying to avoid with my kids. Like, oh, you want to play sports? You can play it. You want to be a baseball player? Great. I'll support you. You don't want to be? That's absolutely fine. That's okay. But I just you know, want them to be happy. I don't want them to live with these past traumas that I have that have, I feel like really inhibited me from progressing the way I felt I should have progressed a long time ago. Yeah. Um, because I've always felt this external force like pulling me back. Um, so it's been hard. It is just a lot of pressures being the oldest and being the female. Mm-hmm. Right. Because then there was also you can't go out late. You can't go out alone. You can't have, keep dating different guys or have these many relationships because now you're a hoe, you're promiscuous, you're this and this and that. Mm-hmm. But 
all my guy friends and <laughs> to do it. And they were just men. That was really hard too, because even now I still think about that and I'm like, damn, why'd I do that? Mm. Like, does that make me less of a woman because I, mm. or, you know, is that a part of my life that I should be completely ashamed of? Mm. Um, so how do you answer that? Like those questions? Well, I, sometimes I'm like, mm, I'm just, I was just a kid, you know, like, was that I didn't know any better. Um, and, you know, there was a point where I changed my, my friend circle in the Dominican mm -hmm. Republic because they were between them. It was mostly the guys calling me a hoe, even though they were hoes themselves. And I'm like, doing the same well, damn thing. Yeah. I'm like, it's, it's not fair that I need to be held to these standards as well for my group of friends and also my parents. So I changed group of friends because I was like, I'm not going to be judged by a group of people who are probably no better than I am. Um, mm. But it was like also reflecting back on that is like you could, like I could see why kids grow up with so much trauma because you could easily and unknowingly surround yourself by people that just continue to put all these pressures and expectations and just say these nasty things to you. And you think that because they're family or they're a friend, it's okay. Right. And it's absolutely not. And it's not okay. Or that that's how they love me. That's how they show their love and so on and so forth. And it's like, but does it feel good? Because being loved should feel good. Right. You want that. And then wanting to return said love. But if y'all here calling me a hoe, then that that don't make me feel love. <laughs> Unless I want to be called a hoe. Then that's a different story. And that's your prerogative. <laughs> I've had it. <laughs> but like it it boils down to like your choice. What do you want? Not what someone else thinks, how I should think, how I should move through this world, my behaviors and so on. Like not be that's that's your opinion that's your stuff it's not mine right and and how powerful it is to say hold on i gotta i gotta switch around who's who i'm hanging out with right right because it was just causing more harm than good and mm -hmm. i'm really not there for that i was what teenager in early 20s trying to live my best life living mm -hmm. on my own <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm I'm leaving. Bye guys. That's it. Hey, let me make new friends. I don't need this. <laughs> yeah. Ew, I did it. And um, so like just being the eldest in a family and then just being a female in society. Ugh, which is so many, so many social pressures. Um and even and then those social pressures trickle down to your family and then they're reminding you of those social pressures yeah on a daily basis mm. and it's really hard um so you have three little people how have you noticed some of the social pressures already coming up for them now like um, early, you know what I'm saying? Like they're all under six. So, and we know good and damn well that there's pressures coming through. Tell us, tell us one of them that you've noticed. Um, 
like oh that girls can't you know do boy activities mm -hmm. and like <laughs> yes they can play sports and get dirty in the mud and play with tools and get on their father's tractor and yes. i'm not going to like i'm not going to raise them with closed-minded right mm -hmm. um that's okay that doesn't mean x or y is going to happen mm -hmm. you need to let them be give and explore um and then there's like in school like if they're being bullied or someone pushes them or something the right thing to do is to tell the teacher or whatever and i'm like yes that is the right thing to do but you're gonna push them back or you're gonna smack them back and then you're gonna go tell the teacher because yeah. i can't teach them to try to these strategies to try to be friends with their bully or to try to work things out because most bullies don't function like that. And one day they're going to come up to you and hurt you until they see you hurt. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of kids that are victims of bullying don't fight back. Yeah. No, you're fighting back. <laughs> and if the teacher has a problem with that, she can talk to me. Mm. Or with your father. Because he will show up in uniform and give him help. They'd be all scared. They'd all so scared. So it's like, things like that. It's just, I just... Not. It's such and it's such a crock of shit because as adults, are you going maybe not just you, but like the universal you, are you just gonna sit there and take it if you have a coworker who's coming at you sideways and you're just gonna go tell your boss? No, you're not. And I take that same mentality when people are like, oh, share, right? When they tell my little human to share, share. No. Because if I walk up to you and I say, yo, can I get a piece of that steak off your plate? Will you share with me? They're going to say no, right? Adult to adult. So right. for me, one of my biggest things on flexing and, and changing as a parent is saying this little human, what he wants to do and how he wants to show up in this world, that's up to him. Now, if we're sharing and we're pulling back and forth and we're fighting and so on and so forth, okay, mama's going to come through. We're going to handle that. But just because he's off playing with the truck and another kid comes up and all of a sudden wants it, I'm not going to turn around and be like, oh, you need to share. No, let's go find little homie, another, another truck to play with. <laughs> or he can wait or they can wait their turn until, you know, my son's done. Right. But like the skewed expectations that are given and put on and way down on children and young people as they're growing up and then how it lands with us as parents right because then I'm always like I do have a voice in the back of my head this part of me that shows up and it's like oh are people judging us my son just threw himself on the floor because he doesn't want to listen <laughs> are they judging me I don't give a fuck go ahead judge me right but he has big feelings and limited ways to express them that's it that's what that is Right. Give them a minute. They'll get there. Right. <laughs> Hopefully I don't lose my patience before he gets there, but <laughs> oh, it's not easy. It's not easy with all the like the the voices and culture and society and things like that that are coming up 
coupled with an individual's own experiences growing up. And then we got to sort through all of that and then figure out how we want to show up as parents. Work. (laughs) Tired just talking about it. I'm about to go take a nap before a little man gets home. (laughs) So much work. It's so much work. But it's so beautiful. Like the, the, the option that we have to be able to say, no, if, my right. child wants to play with toys that are stereotypically of a different gender, they can do so, right? If they want to do, if they want to have a moment and express their emotions in a very loud and big way, go ahead. Mama will just take a few deep breaths. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so many, so many things with parenting. Um, are there any like last thoughts that come up for you having grown up as the eldest um, and now having been parenting for six years? Ooh, there are so many, but um, one that comes <laughs> to mind first was um, one of the conversations I had with my husband was, listen, we can't control how these other kids, how these other adults act, right? but we can teach our kids to do right. We can teach them how to move differently Mm -hmm. and how to think for themselves and teach them right from wrong. Set boundaries because they're allowed to set boundaries. Yes. So their kids, they know, they know when they are fed up, they're quick to say it. No, mama. No Cheerios, mama. Okay. What is this? <laughs> They're quick to say it. Quicker than adults, right? It just comes out to them naturally. And I think over time, we're conditioned to stop setting boundaries. Hello. Of these stupid expectations that are placed on early. Right. And I want them to be able to think for themselves and to set their boundaries and to express their emotions. But that starts at home, right? We can't depend on these school providers to teach them that. I mean, so my daughters came home once telling me something. I was like, your teacher does not know everything, okay? Let's set them straight real quick. <laughs> you live here and this is what I'm gonna tell you, mm-hmm. all right? Um, and just teaching them that, that not everything that they see in here outside of these four walls mm-hmm. is their truth. It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard. It's like a 24-7 job, even from the moment they wake up. I mean, I dream about go to bed thinking about what they're going to have breakfast the next day, what they're going to do, how they're feeling about a previous situation they had. Like parenting is a 24 7 job. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't get any easier as they get older and start expressing and communicating their emotions or bringing home information from school yes. where you're like, oh, what? Yes. <laughs> told me this little boy is in love with this little girl. I was like, you guys are five and six years old. What do you know about love? He's mm. like, I think the one. I'm like, okay, listen, girl. <laughs> Who do you love? She's like, I love, I didn't say anything. I was, I, why are you guys talking about relationships in kindergarten? Talk about reading and cooking and spaceships and the stars. Like, I don't know. 
discover something, explore. Discover not, something. Not relationships and getting married and babies. I, I just. I cannot. I cannot. Kindergarten. Uh, no, just no. But my favorite part about what you're saying is that everything that you hear does not have to be your truth. Right. Right. And I think that's the best piece around you'll, you'll hear things from your teachers. You'll hear things from other kids, maybe their families. If you hang out with, for their birthday or something, your family, you are discovering the gamut of options and the, the colorful variety of things. Right. And you as, as an individual, as a, as a little human that you are, will start to learn and start to figure out what lands with you and what doesn't. And it might land with you right now, but not in 20 years. And that's still okay. Mm -hmm. But as long as you are at the center and you are the focus. Right. It right. is your truth. I wish I had someone that would have told me that. And then mm -hmm. all of those pressures and expectations and all that crap, I wouldn't have, you know, walked around with that on my shoulder all my life and then have it affect me now in my adulthood. Mm -hmm. uh, so... I'm happy to be able to provide my kids with that type of guidance and opportunity to just, you know, live life as their true self without these expectations or these rules that society puts on them or exactly. It's tough. I mean, I physically exhausted <laughs> because being a mom is just, you know, it's not thinking about yourself anymore. It's about thinking about yourself, about them now, thinking about them tomorrow, in a few weeks, in a year, in 10 years, in 20, 30. It's all of it. It's all of it. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it is hard. I'm not going to, we ain't going to minimize that part. It's hard. And it's so beautiful. Like, it, and it's so invigorating. And it's still, it's still really hard and it's still really tiring. It is. But it's so rewarding when they tell you, oh, mommy, I love you or great job. Like they'll tell me, oh, mom, great job. Or they tell me, mom, you are the best cook and Papi's the best fixer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, it's, it's rewarding that they can, you know, that they pick those things up and they yeah. know that we're there for them and, you know, we do these things for them and they can recognize us and say, you're the best. And mm -hmm. it doesn't change as they get older, but even when I get dressed, oh, mommy, you look so pretty today. You look great. That dress looks beautiful on you mm. because I say that to them as well. Yeah. Um, and they're able to say that and express that and it's it's really rewarding it's so beautiful makes my little heart just like yeah <laughs> like the pitter patter of their little feeties on the floor it's like dee, 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 dee. that's what my heart does i hear them in the middle of the night i'm like oh i hear feet it's terrifying i'm like well oh, <laughs> in the middle of the night it's like oh Right. What 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 does he want? What you want, baby? But during the day, it's like, oh, what's happening, puppy? You want to go outside? Let's go do this. Oh goodness. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much for coming through and chatting about culture, being the eldest, and 
raising three little humans um, because there are a lot of perspectives out there. There's a lot of different opinions about doing things the right way or the wrong way and so on and so forth. But for me, it boils down to if you are happy and you are passionate about being the best mom that you can be, the right and the wrong is just non-existent. As long as you know you're not raising little murderers, which I can vouch, I know you are not doing because you're not. One of them is my god babies. We ain't letting that happen anyways. I claim all three, but all three ain't mine officially. But anyways, appreciate you. Again, Valerie's contact info will be in the show notes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube if you want to see the videos because we are animated and my hands go flying and all of that good stuff. So yeah, it can be a little extra pizzazz to see the video. <laughs> but if you enjoyed this episode or if you enjoy the show, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating and don't be greedy. Share it with the homies. Tell them to come through and subscribe and learn and just chop it up. And if there's anything in particular you want to talk about or listen or learn about, let us know. Send yeah. us a DM on Instagram or you can send us an email all in the show notes. But without further ado, I hope you, Valerie, and everybody who's listening or watching has nothing short of a beautiful fucking day. Peace, y'all.